Welcome to the Polymer Science Podcast. I am Dr. Alicia Buetes. And I'm Jacob Shackman. In this podcast, we'll be speaking to researchers from around the world and talk to them about how their work is improving our daily lives. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that you learn something new. Alicia, 2020, what a year it has been, the things that have come out, the things that have happened to, to us and the people around the world. Here we are with our still young polymer science podcast, and now that's what we want to discuss. What are some of the the advances, the recent technologies that have come out maybe in 2020, things that are that are exciting to us and we can make exciting to everyone else? Well, Jacob, 2020 has just been like one massive, very interesting year. And it feels like it feels like January, February existed. And then it was just like fast forward to December. <laughs> I have no idea where the rest of the year went. But luckily, yeah, like our little polymer science podcast has been born in that time. Thank goodness for lockdown. I think there's a lot of things people are very grateful for for lockdown, you know, like slowing down, learning what is more essential, what is more important. And then also people who have been interested in polymer science have actually now been able to sit down and listen to our podcast and actually learn about all the types of ways polymers are playing a role in many types of fields. Um, I've actually got a, an extract here. Uh, it's an article written by Hassan Namazi, which he just like mentioned how polymers in our daily life just improves and brings everything together. Um, for instance, uh, we, we kind of know when we look at like uh, a plastic bottle that that is polymers, but there's a lot of other ways that polymers kind of hides away in our daily lives that we don't even realize. For instance, uh, clothing, like synthetic fibers that we find in our clothes and especially in our sportwear and hiking gear. We know plastic bags and we know also like, you know, how plastic and that can be, be like a detrimental thing to the environment. But luckily, scientists are dedicating themselves to actually working on this problem and they're recycling um, plastics and polymers that accumulate in the environment and can't be degraded. And so there's this uh, amazing uh, student group at the Eindhoven University. Um, One more time. I, this, I, I, Eindhoven. Was that Eind close? I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. <laughs> so I'm saying it with an Afrikaans accent, so <laughs> bear with me. But I think it's called Eindhoven. 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 Um, I hope The technical that's university in Eindhoven um, in the Netherlands. Matthijs van Wijk, uh, his, his team of Dutch students, they managed to build an entire electric vehicle uh, and they nicknamed it Luca. I don't know why, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get them on the podcast to ask them why. <laughs> but um, yeah, they built an entire electric vehicle out of recycled waste. An entire vehicle. So all the parts, everything taken down from previously existing plastic waste. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. And the thing is driving around, uh, it's, it's like actually working 
Uh, I'm not sure how fast it can go and uh, what type of uh, crash it can endure, <laughs> but it's you would walk past it and think it's a normal car. Right. That's how real it looks. Amazing. It's incredible. Awesome. <laughs> it looks like a tiny Bugatti. <laughs> so it's got the style, maybe not the safety points, but it's incredible that they can take plastic waste and turn it into something so valuable. I mean, it's exactly. interesting. I wonder what that could do in places that uh, a car might be more of a luxury, right? Yes. If you can build a car so cheap now. Yeah, that would be incredible. And even if all the cars are built out of like recycled plastic or whatever, then even if they crash in each other, it shouldn't be like too much of an issue, especially if they can't go too fast. Right, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe our future should be a bunch of slow recycled cars. Who knows? <laughs> that would be much safer. <laughs> but anyway, um, besides the synthetic stuff like you know clothing and um, you know, ropes and hiking gear and the stuff that we kind of already can imagine polymers are being a part of. We also see them in regenerative medicine, um, such as silicon heart valves. When you need a heart valve replacement, they now make them in silicon. And they also use electrospinning fibers and so on to build a scaffold for cells to grow on. We've also in uh, interviewed a bunch of people who are working in, in this field of medicine, where they use bone glue for uh, bone fractures mm -hmm. and uh, bioprinting, which is like a 3D bioprinting mechanism where they actually grow the cells in the form that it's needed for, you know, the uses for uh, bone defects and wow. stuff like that. So it's incredible, actually, Amazing. How, how it's like in the medicine field as well. So, yeah, so not only is it like in the biomedicine field, but it's also in the food science industry and the packaging industry. Uh, people are finding ways of using uh, natural biopolymers to actually um, preserve food, to coat uh, fruits and stuff like that, and to uh, allow it to last longer um, in the packaging. Right. So, the, so people are now taking uh, from sources out in just the world, basically, from, from biological sources, they're creating this plastic instead of maybe uh, polyethylene from fossil fuels or, or whatever the normal would be. Exactly. And if you think about it, like uh, chitosan, which is a biopolymer, uh, that comes from crab shells. And the crab shells are just waste that is created from the fisheries. So reusing that chitin, which is found in the crab shells, and the chitosan der derived from that, um, they actually managed to find like a natural biopolymer that can actually combat microbial and uh, bacterial growth. Wow. The other thing I actually saw that was uh, for the polymers in the clothing section um, is they are making helmets safer by using liquid crystals. So liquid crystals are found in, in everyday things like Kevlar. So if you're wearing a suit on your motorcycle um, to protect you from any potential hits, it's made out of polymers, which are uh, contributing to the absorbing the shock uh, of any you know, possible damage that may, may occur. Uh, so uh, also it's found in your phone display. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever heard of liquid crystals, but you're staring at it every day. But then they've actually managed to form a type of um, elastomer that is actually made in the form of a, a lotus shape, or also they've tried a, a lattice shape which looks like, um, it looks like a honeycomb, I suppose, if you, if you like yeah. imagine it on a larger scale. So they've actually managed to make 
these type of lattice and lotus shaped elastomers, which then have a, a better way of absorbing the um, explosive force that comes from impact during uh, contact sports, uh, like football or rugby. <laughs> oh, wait, what was the last one? I don't know that. Rapi. Have you not heard of Rapi I've before? I've never heard of, of Rapi. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so it's spelled R-U-G-B. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so, oh my goodness. I think this was an accent thing. I think I just heard I that totally, totally an accent thing, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know what, I do know what Rapi is, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, these researchers actually just uh, found that the material, the liquid crystal-based material, actually increases uh, or can, can withstand 20, 27 times higher strain energy than a, a normal helmet um, that was made from like Tango Black, which is just like a, a resin, a 3D printed resin that they use for wow. the normal standard of helmets. Uh -huh. Clearly, we can, we can see the benefits of, of polymers existing in our lives and, and, and helping us create the amazing products around us. But now... Uh, we talked about 2020 being a wild year. It's been so wild because of, of COVID, the, the COVID-19 that we're dealing with. How has polymer technology gotten in, become involved with handling uh, the global response to the coronavirus? Well, it's been a crucial part, I think. The South African people, uh, we are living on holidays now. And even, I think, just across the world, everybody's getting ready for Christmas and trying to spend uh, time with family. Uh, so the vaccine and COVID-19 is strong in everybody's minds, I think, like right in the forefront and everybody's talking about it still. Um, so, yeah, so it's very important that we actually like focus on the vaccine and how we can actually increase the availability of that. But luckily, there has been a researcher and a team um, at the Institute for Protein Design at the UW Medicine. His name is Neil King, and he has a team uh, that's working on nanoparticles. So these researchers have developed a self-assembling nanoparticle vaccine that can be used for distribution within the body. So according to the team, the vaccine produced 10 times the amount of sars uh, COVID-19 specific neutralizing antibodies in mice. They've tested only in mice so far. That is compared to the soluble SARS-CoV-19 spike S protein vaccine uh, that's also been in development now. There's hundreds of potential COVID-19 vaccine candidates, as we all know, and probably like we've all heard it and seen on Facebook and wherever we find our news. Um, so we have to be careful. Also, there's a lot of vaccine scams going on. So just so that people are aware, I know we are desperate and uh, we, we're impatient for a vaccine and stuff like that. But let's just you know, keep uh, our distance and wear our masks and you know, be patient. And there's there's a lot of people working on keeping us safe. So yeah, once again, just like stay stay positive, but also you know stay informed. I, I mean, the fact that that the vaccine at least exists now. It's like on a movie. I've heard someone else talk about this. It's like it's on a movie timescale that this vaccine has come out, right? Like a, a lot of people thought it would be halfway through maybe next year that we'd get it. But no, it's coming out now. I, I think the for, for me, the positive thing is, is the... Uh, uh, it's somewhat, somewhat personal, but it's just going back to the how exciting... Uh, polymer science can be as a polymer scientist where 
uh, we have the the vaccine that you were we were just discussing from from I think it's a, a from a researcher at the University of Washington at UW UW University of Washington Medicine dealing with uh, uh, fighting COVID nineteen with nanoparticles for for biological nanoparticles and I have a a close friend a former roommate my a, a colleague of mine now who works in one of my labs and he. Uh, synthesizes polymer par- uh, nanoparticles and very very different sizes i think some uh, could be in the microparticle size and i think about it he makes what are uh, vesicles um and for those who are not familiar with vesicles it's just a, a hollow sphere that uh would in the, in his case be designed to it, it's tailor designed right so it's what he, he he's working on uh making polymers that would come together sort of as a, a base template. And so in this case, maybe we would put some uh, COVID proteins on the side to, on the outside of it, right? And that would attract it to a specific place in, uh, in the body and they could carry the vaccine inside of this polymer soam, inside the vesicle. So it's, it's uh, I, I don't know that that's how they're doing it at UW, of course, but uh, it's just really cool to see polymers coming into play in fighting a global pandemic. Yeah. All right, so now we move on to the Q&A, the fun part of this episode. This is a fun quiz so that you can get to know us better. I hope you enjoy it. I had 100 questions prepared, but we had to cut them down <laughs> due to time constraints. So, uh, Jacob... First question. I'm ready. If you could meet one scientist in history, who would you meet? Oh, one scientist in history. So, oh, man, I was so prepped with already just my favorite scientist or one who I would meet right now. My first answer, which feels so cheesy, but because of the type of scientist that I would like to be, is Bill Nye. Because he's oh. so good at making people love science. Oh, nice. And I, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that's not quite an unorthodox answer. Still, he used to be so popular, and maybe still is. Well, but, I thought yeah. you were gonna go with Albert Einstein, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> when you said like standard answer, no, Phil Nye. Yeah, no, I'm not sure who mine would be. Um, I heard of maybe like someone really old like Aristotle or something, mm, yeah. like <laughs> really, really old. <laughs> also like a Mary Curry, I'm not sure if that's oh, it, like yeah. how you say it, Mary Curry. Mary, Mary um, Curie. Curie, yeah. There it Curry. is. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, Curry, uh, you don't know what Curry is, right? No. Because uh, in, in India, it, it's like a, oh. a dish. <laughs> so, oh my gosh i'm so yeah i know it again it's just the accent thing it's the it accent, the accent I know, thing yeah again. you're here the, the big the big difference i think is that uh it sounds like you roll your r's a lot oh yeah we do, that's we can, i guess yeah. a common thing so i yeah. just when i when you said how do you dragby, say cu- curry. curry it's curry curry, curry. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just there's nothing to it it's just r r oh. There's no. Okay, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It's a rugby and curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what are these? <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, so if you could own a vacation house anywhere, uh, where would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, it would. 
ideally be somewhere in a mountain area. Oh yes. That doesn't that get amazing. a lot of snow. Oh well, you lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> you want the you like a lot of snow, huh? You see, I don't live in snow, so I don't know the well, inconvenience of thing. snow. <laughs> that's exact. I've never lived in snow, but I've learned of the inconvenience, and yeah, I know like I wouldn't do that well. Open your door because there's like a meter of snow outside. Yeah, yeah, that would be rough, and I I just don't. <laughs> The cold for me is so difficult. So, oh yes. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I can imagine. But that sounds amazing. That's basically my answer as well. I think. Yeah. Like we have like a, a big river or something like you can go and splash in, but you're like surrounded uh, by green trees and animals. That, that would be perfect. a dream. Um, what is your favorite thing about your current position that you're working in or studying? In? Um, I. I'm so fortunate to be, I go to school for free and then they pay me, which I know I'm in a very good situation to, to be able to say something like that. Um, granted, school's hard and everything. It's just how, how lucky can someone be to have the opportunity to be paid to learn, right? Yeah, so, that's amazing. Um so speaking of, what is your yeah. proudest accomplishment? Regarding my position again? Or I in think general? just it could be in general. Oh. Let me, I got to think about that one. But in, I, I want to know what, how, how you feel about your position though. What's, what's your answer oh, to that I question? I forgot to answer. I just like not being bored. When I get to work, it's not boring at <laughs> all. Um, I think the versatility of the job is my favorite thing about being there um with all the various types of samples yeah. and various types of people coming in and out so that that's very great for me um kind of like you're always learning you're not when once i stop learning then i know i should move around you know mm -hmm. that's kind of the signal that yeah you don't want to be the smartest person in the building <laughs> yeah. so it's like you know that's you have to like always grow and continue to grow yeah so yeah that's that's fun um, and how how about a, a biggest accomplishment? Have you thought of that already? <sighs> that is a difficult question. Like, um, because it could be it, it could be small compared to things that people might think is big. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, it could be like some some something simple, like you know, um, finally running five kilometers under thirty minutes, <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> But uh, I have to say, maybe like in the broader scheme of things, if I have to look back, something that makes my heart swell each time is, um, you know, getting that PhD degree, <laughs> getting it done and dusted. Because um, I feel like it was a team effort. It wasn't just me. So if I'm saying proudest accomplishment, it's kind of like being proud about everybody <laughs> who was part of the whole journey. Yeah. Um, my husband, he deserves a PhD in emotional <laughs> intelligence <laughs> i think i think my uh, proudest accomplishment would go back to I, I, even just being getting to this point at, oh maybe more specifically is um coming back to school uh mm. after taking a break um making the decision to to <laughs> to leave the difficulties yeah. of grad school have a nice comfy life for a year and then go back <laughs> Mm, that was a very uh, good decision, I think, like a mentally taking a mental health break. Yeah, much needed. Um, ooh, okay. 
completely changing direction here, but what is your favorite book to read? Oh, my favorite book to read, The Alchemist. What? That sounds familiar. Pa- Paolo Coelho. It's about a, a young Spanish boy that travels to across the Mediterranean. I think I thought it was to Egypt. He meets a very mysterious uh, character known as an he's an alchemist. Um, yes, was this a series or a movie as well? Why does it sound so? I feel like familiar. they probably made it into a movie at some point. Yeah, I feel like I've I've watched the story and uh-huh. not read it. It's a book that's always helped. It helps me. Uh, I reevaluate my perspectives on the world. I think it's one of those. I have like a very long to read list, so yeah. I'm gonna add that one as well. <laughs> Currently, are you reading any books? This is not a question that's on the list, but we're gonna add it there. there. <laughs> um, are you? What are you reading currently? I am switching between. I have one here. I bought it kind of oh, recently. Oh, please don't show me a textbook. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's called D-Day Girls, and I I picked it up at an airport. Uh, a few months ago, is um, it the apocalyptic dystopian thing? Oh. No, no, no. It's it's um. Let's see. It, it takes place uh, in 1942, and it's a story about uh, a series of a few different women in England. I think it was, um, who were hu- sort of hired by the English government to be spies kind of oh almost like a charlie's angels type of thing yes but they're they're more on they're a little more on their own than than working as a as a kick butt group together oh Um, that's awesome yeah yeah it's that's a lot of fun and oh and the other one is oh i guess this is the first one but um this is called three sisters and i'm on the second installment of this one this is was written by um, a friend of mine. Now I guess so. She was my. I first met this person when I was in sixth grade. She was my PE teacher, my physical education teacher. Can't believe it. Uh, yeah, I know. And then in high school, she was my. Her and her husband were my lacrosse coach, and they're they're two of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, and they're good friends of mine now. And I actually remember her being in high school. Um, I don't remember uh, what the occasion was. It was because she was also the strength and conditioning coach. And so I was in uh, the training room with her and another student. And for whatever reason, it was just the three of us. And we were riding stationary bikes. And she was talking about books and how much she loved to, to read. And she said that she would write a book someday. And now she's written a whole trilogy. She actually did. Yeah, she, years later. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you have it signed as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I definitely had Perfect. her sign it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think my favorite book of all time, it must be Harry Potter. I, I'm going to uh-huh. be cliche like that. <laughs> I can't. In high school, we have a very old high school that's like, it looks like Hogwarts on the inside. Wow. So like, I couldn't, cool. yeah, just it made everything so much better. But uh, I'm currently also reading, um, I don't know if you knew, know Stephen Fry. Uh, so he he wrote a book on uh, Greek mythology, uh-huh. uh, Mythos. It's very funny, and it's not like you know, it's not factual or anything. Okay. <laughs> but it's just really great, uh-huh. like a really funny. It's almost like Days of Our Lives, but with Zeus and you know <laughs> everybody in between there. <laughs> so that sounds cool. great. That's a funny description. <laughs> the next question: 
So if you could choose another profession and do that for a day, what would it be? Aside from being a professional podcaster or something. Oh, that would shucks, be yeah, I should have excluded yeah. that one too. <laughs> um, maybe it would be cool if I could play professional lacrosse for a day, just playing, playing one professional lacrosse game. That would be amazing. Oh, that's still, cool. Lacrosse is still very much I, I'm a part of my life. It's, uh, I mean, I have a stick in the front seat of my car basically at all times. It's ready to go. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd be a, a jockey. I'll try to be like a jockey uh -huh. for a day, see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, horse race, uh -huh. uh, horse racing jockey. Yeah, because that was kind of like, I was always told that I'm tiny and short like the perfect jockey size. Yeah, so you can, <laughs> so, you can make it happen. So what would you sing at a karaoke night? Oh, What's my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm such a... Uh, uh, can you sing? I No, no, I don't <laughs> sing. That's like, I love to be goofy and, and mess around with people and... And uh, I don't necessarily love the spotlight, but if if it's on me, I don't I don't mind. But if I have to sing, I shut down. That's like the one uh, thing. Um, there has to be one song that you oh can do. Oh my god! <laughs> there's, um, there's people that that really really can't sing. That they say their song will be tequila. I almost um, made that joke. I almost said that, <laughs> but it's not a real answer. Um, I don't know. It would have to be something kind of goofy also so that I could be silly in some way. I How about Hakuna Matata from Lion oh, King? Yeah, that's what I if the words are in front of me, sure. I've never I've really never thought about what would be my karaoke song because I will oh, wow. I actively avoid karaoke. doing karaoke. Yeah, it's uh, it terrifies me. That's funny. No, I had to have a uh, a list once for like a karaoke party so i, I kind of already yeah. thought about it <laughs> it it will always be something britney spears it's just how it goes. yeah she was like in the 90s when i was growing up that was my like you know uh idol <laughs> yeah sure the next thing here is uh okay well i love this question if you could uh only eat one meal for the rest of your life oh. what would it be pizza Pizza. Pizza. Oh, my word. oh yeah. I love mm. pizzas too much. It's so good. <laughs> Pizza specific <laughs> toppings. Um I'm oh I mean if I can get creative, I guess. Well the, if <laughs> if I had to pick one, it would just be pepperoni. If I okay. can if I can have any toppings I want, ooh, I want I want spinach, onions, mushroom, garlic. And and maybe one meat, maybe. That's going to be a very heavy pizza. <laughs> it's always a good pizza. <laughs> well, mine is uh, very easy. I'm a grizzly bear. So just give me honey, avo, and some salmon. Then I'll be good. <laughs> and you're set, huh? Okay. On <laughs> Wow, honey, avo, and salmon. That sounds really good. I, I didn't really like organize these questions. So they're like all over the place. Sure. But uh, <laughs> aside from necessities... What is the one thing um, you can't go without, like, in a day? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's really... Um... 
Are you like um, full on zombie if you miss your coffee? No, I don't. I don't think so. But it just it like it feels so good. <laughs> just to, uh, having that nice warm cup to feel, especially if it's cold in the morning and it warms my stomach. Oh man, oh, yeah, it just、true. is the best. I、yeah. can't think of anything else that daily I would need to have other than coffee. <laughs> I think I I feel the same way that you feel about coffee. But、uh-huh. like Milo, I don't know if you know Milo. Uh-uh. But, uh uh. Okay. Uh, uh, I wish I I wish I could show you Milo, but it's like it's a really it's like a sports drink. Okay. Um, almost I, like hot cocoa.、This. How do I spell <laughs> it? How do I spell it? M I L O. It's almost like hot chocolate, but it's a little bit. I would like to think it's a little bit more healthier than than hot chocolate. It's like hot chocolate. I see they're advertising it as a sports drink. They've got a, a someone kicking a football on the front. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he's a karate kid. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's 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 the the drink of choice <laughs> over here.、Um, okay, so if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead,、oh. who would they be? Oh man, <laughs> Conan O'Brien is one. Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. I he's he's t- he has a podcast also that I listen to a lot. Oh, I didn't even so know. So it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm thinking the only other person that comes to mind is another podcaster called、uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell.、Yeah. I don't know him. He does a really—I'm not sure if he does more—but the one that I listen to of his is a show called Revisionist History.、Um, okay. Where he he takes a relatively obscure moment in history that、um, is sort of ill-defined and kind of goes into that. Yeah, it's very—it's really good show.、Um, so sure, I'll see Malcolm Gladwell next. Wow, this is a hard one. The next、uh, qualification that I'm thinking of is someone wholesome, someone just、oh, yes. through the to the core, a wholesome person. I'm not. There are a couple people, I guess, coming to mind, like the sort of、uh, Bob Bob Ross, because of、uh, how it's、uh, so nice. What a, what a night!、Nice, seems like such a lovely person. <laughs> That's a really unique answer. I actually didn't expect <laughs> that at all. That's awesome. I think you've got three. I've got、one、three.、More. Oh, one more. I almost said Dave Chappelle, but two. Who's, who's Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Oops. Oh, whoa! He's a hilarious comedian. Um, but it's just another. He's another comedian. I. They would. They would totally take over that dinner. No one else would really get a talk. <laughs> Oh goodness, that that sounds great though. But it sounds like a really fun time. I think I'm gonna go. With, it does. You, I you might want to just look up Dave Chappelle stand up at at、I'm、some point. I'm gonna have to now. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, highly recommend. So who, yeah, who who would be your your four people at、oh, dinner? Mine is also difficult. I don't know.、Um, I, I well initially when I like answered this question when someone asked me, I was like I was going like way back in history like. Genghis Khan and <laughs> Hypatia, and you know, so like I was like, well, that's not going to be a very nice dinner, though. <laughs>、uh, um, I think maybe someone like、um, a Daniel Radcliffe. I just like、uh-huh. when he talks. I just I like it.、Um, Who is the other person that I really? 
Oh, Ricky Gervais. Oh, yes. And then uh, John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt. I love her. She's such a motherly figure. She looks like she, and she looks fun as well. Uh-huh. And then, um, but these are like, because now I've like seen some of their stuff, like The Quiet Place is coming out, The Quiet Place number uh, two sequel. So they're oh, like that's right. in the front of my mind. So I know I'm going to have like other answers after this as well. <laughs> but, Surely yeah. this answer will be different for everyone every time. Yeah. Can I, and can I say Jack Sparrow? Or do I yes. need to say Johnny Depp? Oh, <laughs> sure. It gets very specific, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be Jack Sparrow. <laughs> but yeah, that will be very, very interesting, I think. Um, so yeah, speaking of Jack Sparrow, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, um, Remember the Titans. It's Oh, wow. I, is that like a football? Yeah, movie? yeah. It's, yes. I don't know when it came out. Um, Denzel Washington, he plays a big role. Do you know who? Oh, that, yes. Familiar? Oh, Denzel, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know Dave Chappelle. I don't know. <laughs> um, I am so, I so, so apologize for that. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down. It's there. I'm <laughs> Um, yeah, I, that has been my favorite movie for a long time. I think I cry every time I watch it. So it's, it's a really, uh, happy. Feel good. Yeah. Um, like A Dog's Purpose. I never saw it. A Dog's Purpose. I cried six times, (laughs) maybe more in the one movie. Like, you know, cry, recover, cry, recover. (laughs) That movie just takes you on a roller coaster ride. Just like be mentally prepared when you do watch that movie. But it's a really good movie. I promise you won't regret it. Um, I think my favorite movie of all times though has to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, but only the first three movies. Yes. Definitely. It's it's Gore Fabrinsky. He's the director of the first three and maybe a part of the fourth one. But uh, yeah, he just does it right. There's something there. Like yeah. It makes e- each movie, if you go think about it, has something memorable that, you know, kind of like replays in your mind and makes you want to watch it over and over again. Yeah. I definitely remember buying or owning those the DVDs for those movies when they came out the early, I think, high school time. But uh, yeah, yeah, those movies are great. I love that. Um, what was your favorite subject in school? Um, well, it, it used to, it was chemistry. Chem, in high school, it was, I, even actually in eighth grade, my favorite, when I really started to love chemistry was in eighth grade. Uh, we had a substitute teacher who was teaching us how to balance equations. And so I would go home and practice balancing equations <laughs> just just to do it yeah <laughs> yeah just because i was like oh this is cool i didn't you, know what i was really doing chemistry. yeah <laughs> in high school um, a friend and i co-founded our chemistry club it was an acs sponsored chemistry club at high school so i really loved chemistry wow <laughs> i think my all-time favorites must be um, biology, I really enjoyed that. Like our teacher really made it nice. Like she went full out and she brought like um, sheep heads to the class. Like, full on sheep heads. <laughs> and they were like mildly rotting <laughs> by the time they got to the class. <laughs> but yeah, just to Yikes. show us like, you know, a dissection of the tongue, of the brain. It was really interesting. Uh-huh. She took us to like a cadaver, like 
mortuary, I think uh-huh. it's called, yeah. or like a morgue, and uh, yeah, showed us all that stuff. She looked at a bunch of dead um, bodies. All right. Yes. <laughs> nice. She really went for it. <laughs> like, I really appreciate it because um, if you had any like ideas of becoming a, a doctor and you you were like a bit iffy about you know whether you can handle things like that, then at least you knew <laughs> by the time you left school. Um, so what is the most unusual thing you've ever eaten before? Ooh. I feel like I've eaten some unusual things. Um, probably um, <laughs> barbecued ants. Where did you eat that? This was at like a, uh, when I was a, a young child, there were, it was at like a fair, uh, they and were. And they just dumped like a few in a packet for you and you could snack on them as I you Basically, go. yeah, yeah. And they were, they were very spicy, I remember. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like I heard, like they have like melanin acid or something in their, in oh, their body. Oh, I guess that would make sense then. But uh, yeah, apparently they're good for you, so. <laughs> High in protein. A healthy snack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine would be when we went to Thailand, we had uh, crickets. Uh, oh. Roasted uh-huh. in like a garlic butter. It They were actually quite good they tasted like prawns like you would imagine like a garlic yeah. butter prawn um and uh, i was like walking to the guy and i was just gonna ask for like can i just have a, a cricket i just want to taste them uh-huh. and he, it was like very cheap uh-huh. um so i paid it expecting him to just give me a cricket and he like take a took a packet and like scooped and like threw like a <laughs> whole handful of them in a packet I was like, great, um, what am I going to do with the rest of them? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, but uh, that was quite interesting. Although I've heard of people like um, eating raw um, octopus tentacles and things like that. And then uh, there's like a disclaimer that comes with that, that if you eat this, you can't hold the restaurant liable for the tentacle getting stuck in your throat. That's that sounds a, horrifying. a big risk that you can take. <laughs> <laughs> Are you related or distantly related to anyone famous? I am closely related to someone famous in the sciences. His name is Dr. Randy Sheckman. That's my uncle, my dad's brother. Um, He, in 2013, shared the Nobel Prize with two other scientists in medicine and physiology. And let me make sure I get this right. For his contributions to to the discovery and mapping out the the pathway and mechanisms that govern intracellular vesicle transport. So yeah, yeah. How, how (laughs) things move about within a, an individual cell. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh, he, I, we got to go to, to Sweden and we watched the whole ceremony. I watched him shake the, the King of Sweden's hand and, attend all these fancy events and we put on a, a fancy tails suit to, to go to all this thing. And it was, yeah, I know. Well, obviously a once in a lifetime experience to have. Um, so yeah, yes. Dr. Randy Sheckman. Do you think if I Google it, I'll be able to see like a, a video of the ceremony where he's, hmm. Pro- that's got to exist somewhere i'm sure i'm gonna try That'll yeah be <laughs> <laughs> like looking at it now and then realizing that you actually know someone. yeah that's to, so cool. yeah it was it i mean i was i'll, I'll remember it forever 
I, of course. Um, okay, so final, second final question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many languages do you speak? Oh, I only speak, I only speak one. Um, oh, this is my excuse, this will be my excuse for life until I, until I learn. <laughs> I'll probably, I'll learn Spanish first because my, oh, I love Spanish. my mom is Hispanic. Mm -hmm. My dad speaks fluent Spanish also. So okay. they they both Seriously. speak Spanish, but when I was a kid, they would speak Spanish around me so that I didn't know what they were saying oh, instead wow. of teaching me Spanish. <laughs> yeah, so I will always give them grief for that. No, um, that's fair. Yeah. That is fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, just the one. We uh, tried to learn Spanish when we came to Cancun. So uh -huh. that was fun to do. Like, yeah, I was like, mi amigo the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like an idiot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we speak uh, two to three languages. Like I kind of unlearned German, but uh, I used to say like English and Afrikaans and then German. Uh -huh. But now, now it's mostly just English and Afrikaans, unfortunately. Okay. I, I, I wondered, I think I heard in your last podcast, I didn't know what the name of your of the native language there was. Yeah, it's Afrikaans. Afrikaans. Okay. Yeah. How, why, how um, is that like, that's what's spoken in South Africa or even wider ooh, than that? No. Yeah. It's like in South Africa, there's so many languages. Like, okay. I think there's more than 10 languages. Whoa. It's like a lot. Yeah. So mostly like every person that you meet in South Africa will be at least bilingual like okay. two or more languages yeah um and there's also so many dialects and accents like if you, you have like cops angles and like it's a cape cape Tonian english okay and you've got like the halting english which is like another province and so it's yeah, very interesting <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah so like you've got zulu and Kosa, which is your, like your main uh -huh. um languages and sutu and then you've got all these other types of languages like uh um, yeah, Swahili. Yeah, I can like name a, a lot of them, but yeah, so it's very interesting. And you can't really learn all of them, unfortunately. So you try your best to like learn hi and bye and thanks and things sure. like that. But, uh, yeah. But there are so many. Yeah. Wow. I can teach you how to say like, um, hi, how are you? Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. I want to love a little lesson. It's very close to German as well. So I think a lot of people who's from German will understand that it's like, hello. Hello. So, hello is hi. Hello. hello. Yeah. And then who is how. Who. And then who. Khan. 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 Well done. Oh. That's, that's a difficult oh. one to do. And then Khan det. Khan det. Yeah. So that's like, how's it going, basically. H hello. Who on. One more time. <laughs> Uchandet. <laughs> well done. Uchandet. Hello, Uchandet. That's great. I, uh, and then, Baya Danki is thanks. Oh, ba thanks a lot. Baya Danki. Well done. A lot of people uh, do bye that by saying, buy a donkey. Uh, oh. Like, buy a donkey. <laughs> 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 so that one, hopefully, you can remember. But the, the, that, that's the two. It was Baya and... Or what? How? What are the two words? It is baya and donkey. Baya, donkey. Yes. Donkey. So it's like baya and then donkey. 
Donkey. <laughs> not quite donkey. donkey. Not donkey. Don- donkey. But uh, some, some accents in, in South Africa, you will actually will hear it like, like that. Okay. Yes. Buy a donkey. Donkey. That's thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Final question. Okay. If you had to describe yourself as an animal, which one would it be? Ooh, I'd be a cat of some kind. Definitely. Oh, I don't really? Know, yeah, I don't know what kind. But I'd be nice. a cat. Like a Garfield. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> nicer than Garfield. <laughs> Not lasagna yeah. and Mondays. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I also, I, I think I already said, like, I'll be a grizzly bear. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll like yeah. yeah. <laughs> just digging into honey. Yeah. Just get fat and, like, hibernate during the winters. <laughs> So this was basically the year-end function for this podcast. (laughs) And uh, we'll pick it up in the new year with January, starting with Mm -hmm. our first interview then. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to our year-end wrap-up for the Polymer Science Podcast. If you can please do us a huge, huge favor, uh, hit the like, share, subscribe, whatever those buttons look like on your end. That would be absolutely lovely. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just to wrap up this 2020, and we'll see you in the new year. Um, And in the words of Liza Koshi, we're not doing happy holidays this year. We'll be saying healthy holidays to everybody. Um, Have a lovely time with your family, and enjoy Christmas Day. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.